It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. Hey, I'm really excited to talk to my guest today. Joining me is Rory Vaden. He's a sought-after speaker and author of the bestseller, Take the Stairs, Seven Steps to Achieving True Success, and author of another very useful book that we're going to talk about that I really enjoyed, Procrastinate on Purpose, Five Permissions to Multiply Your Time. Rory, welcome to Accelerate. Hey, I'm. Uh, thanks for having me, Andy. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, my pleasure. So take a minute, introduce yourself, sir. We talked a little bit before, and it's in your book. You started in sales. Uh, talk about how you got started. Yeah, I uh, well, I was. My mom sold Mary Kay cosmetics, so I kind of grew up around women who were in the world of of sales. Mm-hmm. Did she um, have a pink Cadillac? Uh, she got a red Grand Am. <laughs> she never got to the pink Cadillac, but um, you know, I learned a lot about selling when I was young. I, it, it, I, I I certainly know more about makeup than I do about like cars and stuff. Um, so. <laughs> Um, but I, when I was in college, I got recruited to work for a company called Southwestern Advantage. And I was, a this freshman at the university of Denver, the nerdy accounting, uh, major. Mm-hmm. A- and I got recruited to sell books 14 hours a day, six days a week on straight commission door to door. What sort of books? Uh, they were educational, like children's books. So they kind of they were actually for parents as much. They kind of help parents help their kids with homework, like mm-hmm. remind you what the quadratic equation is and how to do math and algebra and stuff like that. Um, and I ended up doing it for five summers and uh, made about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in five years. Um, in from five s- summers. In five summers, yeah, just five summers. <laughs> was, fifty thousand per summer. That's a big summer. It was it was big and and you know I, I was making like thirty thousand actually I was making like twenty thousand from selling and then I made about thirty thousand each summer from my team I was a big recruiter and I had a bunch of kids that would come with me and I would live out there and and they would follow me and and um, so you know that was my entree into to selling and then uh, well let me ask you a question about that so let's dig yeah. down for a second is, is so what was your approach to a prospect because you know we got a lot of uh, people in inside sales listening to the show, sales development reps that are out making <laughs> cold calls every day. I mean, what was what was your entree? How'd you do that? Well, you know, they 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 put you through this thing called sales school, which interestingly enough, I am speaking at tonight for all the students who are about to go out this summer. Um, and the but I think the whole philosophy and approach w- was was really two things. Um, first of all, they teach you the answers behind the next door. The answer to every problem is behind the next door. No matter if it's hot, you go to another house. If you haven't sold anything in three days, you go to another house. If you uh, had your best day yesterday, you go to another house, and you you get just you you indoctrinated with that philosophy. Always makes that always make the extra call. The next the next one. The next yeah. one yep. Yep. Um, and then the other, the other part, which is actually the core of um, our next book, which we're working on right now, which will be a sales book, is that um, it's hard to be nervous when your heart's on service. And you only feel fear when you're thinking about yourself. Uh, you, you only have anxiety when you're worried about like you and what you're going to say. But when you get fully focused on serving your customer, your fear falls away. And 
if you can just focus on helping people and the solution you're providing and not, are you going to make a sale? Are you smart enough? Are you going to say the right thing? Are you going to be able to answer their objection? Um, you just focus on serving people. It, it's a game changer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Big believer in that. I uh, love, you know, the go-giver and books of that variety. I mean, sales yeah. to me is, sales is service. Always been. And I think, I think I sort of arrived at that because I, I embody those fears that you talked about. You know, when I started my career, that, big anxiety about sales. And yeah, I think the only way I got comfortable with it is is coming around to the conclusion as you did, that it's it's about how you help the customer, not about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a true, you know, for anything in life, it's hard to be nervous when your heart's on service that, that uh, at some point, and if you're in sales, right, you have an opportunity to make a lot of money. And that at some point you make so much money that money really doesn't have, it doesn't take as long as people often think to where where money no longer really motivates you. Um, and at that point, you can always tell if somebody is focused on serving because if if they're not focused on serving, then you really become complacent because it's like, oh, well, you have what you need. But um, the thing that really can always drive you that's like really long-term sustainable is focusing on service. And so that's a powerful thing, I think, for leadership and everything. So when's that book going to come out? You know, we don't have a publishing date yet. We actually don't even have the deal signed uh, with the publisher. But we, uh, so I would, I would assume, because Procrastinating on Purpose, or POP, as we call it, just, mm-hmm. came, out, just came out like a year ago. So we, we're, we're probably at least two years away. Okay. It's going to be a while. All right, well, let's talk about productivity and let's talk about procrastinate on purpose. So yeah. you've written two books now about success and personal productivity. Is, is what, was, what was the impetus to write those? Well, uh, procrastinate on purpose really fell out of a need. Actually, both books fell out of need. Take the Stairs was all about uh, you know overcoming procrastination and developing self-discipline, and that was a, a, a personal need I had in my life. And then... Um, Procrastinating on purpose, we we do coaching, right? That's what mm-hmm. self-hosting consulting. We do one-on-one coaching, and our the number one problem our clients struggle with, uh, according to themselves, is time management. And and it it I was struggling with it also, just feeling like, gosh, no matter how long I work, how many emails you send, everyone you send out to come back. Um, and, and you, if we're moving faster than ever before in history. And, and like, how is it that we have more tips and tricks, tools and technology, calendars and checklists than ever before? And, and we're working longer hours than ever before. And yet the stress level is an all time high. We feel like we're falling further behind. We're not caught up. We don't have more margin. We have less margin. And, and so really trying to unpack and, and explore that problem, um, and, and we went out and we conducted a bunch of interviews with these uh, ultra performers, as we call them, the top one percenters. Um, we now call them multipliers in the new book, uh, based on the, the subtitle, The mm-hmm. Five Permissions to Multiply Time. And we, we kind of asked them and said, hey, you know, here's all the common time management cliches you hear. Have a to-do list, work-life balance, you know, schedule out your week, um, you know, do you prioritize, all these kind of things. And we said, Did you, do you actually do this? Do you believe in this? Do you practice this? And, in a, and, and what we found out is that pretty much they don't. Um, <laughs> everything that we hear about time management is, is wrong, according to the multipliers. Right. So what did you find out that they did? Well, um, 
it's it's not even as much as uh, and and that that is the the perfect question because it leads right into the core of the answer which is it's not about what they do it's not about the tools they use it's about how they think you cannot like we cannot solve today's time management problems using yesterday's time management thinking and most of us are still operating in a paradigm uh, that we we think that we pay homage to Stephen Covey because Seven Habits of Highly Effective People changed the world and and Dr. Covey introduced this time management matrix where there was this y-axis was importance and the x-axis was urgency uh-huh, uh-huh. A- and uh, I, I'm sure people are familiar with it and and it, it really changed the world because he gave us uh, uh, he took us from one dimensional thinking era what we call era one time management thinking of just doing things faster and trying to be efficient to two-dimensional thinking, which we call you know, prioritizing time. So managing your time is just trying to do things efficiently. It's one-dimensional. But prioritizing your time, Dr. Covey taught us that not all tasks are created equal, and he gave us this like scoring system to help us de- determine w- which tasks we should prioritize or, or to focus first on what matters most. Um, well, and you, and you take that out. Step further, you had a third dimension to it, which I do want to talk about a little bit later in terms of adding significance uh, to it, but in terms of the importance and urgency. But before we get to that, is is you coined this great term, and I, let's take a step back. First of all, you sort of destroy the myth that we can actually manage time. That that really shouldn't be an objective. Yeah, because you can't, you can't, you can't manage time. You can't control time. You can't fast forward time. You can't pause time. You can't rewind time. There is no such thing as time management. There is only self management. Right. So the only thing you can manage is yourself. And um, and that's the, and to me, I, I love that because the to me, there's a huge correlation with sales because I, I talk about this in my books with sales is you can't control your prospect. You can't control the buyer. All you can control is what you do to help them make a decision and the steps you take. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like you you it's almost like you can't even increase sales. You don't have control over sales. What you can increase is the number of hours you work, the number of people that you talk to, the questions that you ask, uh, the attitude that you approach it with. And, you know, we know that if you do all those things in a certain way, you'll likely increase sales. But you can't actually, you don't have control over increasing sales because you're not in control of who buys and who doesn't. Exactly. Exactly. So I thought that was a great, a great parallel. Um, and then you, you coined this great term that I really enjoy and we're going to talk some more about here. It's called priority dilution. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I love. It's, you know, you talk about Parkinson's law that, that we get distracted by things that are urgent but not important. Yeah, so priority dilution is the term that, that we coined to describe this this state that we all in uh, and and priority dilution is the new procrastination. And the reason it's the new procrastination is because it affects the very people who you wouldn't think to be procrastinators. It affects the chronic overachievers, the movers and shakers, the do-gooders, the checklisters. Like but So give us un- an example of what that means. Well, like you know, classic procrastination is consciously delaying what you know you should be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Those are people that are kind of lazy or apathetic or disengaged. I know I should be making sales calls, and it's like, you know, I'm surfing the web, right? right? That's classic procrastination. Or here in San Diego, just surfing. Georgia, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, and, 
priority dilution though is that it can affect people who are some of the top producers and, and the, the movers and shakers because what happens is they, they work long hours. They move really fast during the day. They answer a lot of emails. They, they push a lot of paper, but they're in a lot of meetings. But yet when they get to the end of the day and they look back on what they accomplished with that day, they realize that th their most significant priorities were left unchecked just like a classic procrastinator, not because they're lazy, but because they allowed their attention to shift to less important but perhaps more urgent tasks. And so the word that they use is constantly putting out fires. Um, you know, and I feel that all the time. I mean, just a couple of days ago, actually, on the phone with my wife, she was back in New York. I'm in, in San Diego and, and I'm calling her. She said, so how was your day? I said, you know, it was really busy, but I don't think I got anything done. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's a, it's a painful thing to say, um, but it's the reality of the world because uh, we live in a world with noise and the constant communication. And there's, 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 and, and this is part of the problem. The idea with efficiency was that if we could move fast enough, we could get it all done. That's a lie because now there's much, you know, if you didn't, if you believe that before, I think all of us have come to realize there's much more to do today than we can ever get to. Um, it's not hard to see that. And, so then the idea with prioritizing time is to go, okay, well, I want to focus first on what matters most, which is great, right? Like uh, you, you need to know how to prioritize, but the, the problem, not the problem, the limitation that never got discussed. And here's what people don't remember. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People was written in 1989. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about how different the world was in 1989. Like we didn't have cell phones. We don't have Google. We don't have the internet. We don't have Facebook. We don't have social media. We don't have any of that stuff. We had so the PCs. World, yeah, we had PCs. Um, so the world has changed and multipliers are people, their thinking has evolved with it because what multipliers realized is there's nothing about prioritizing that creates more time. All it does is it, 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 it's a valuable skill. It helps you realize that item number seven on your to-do list should be bumped to number one. But it doesn't inherently create any more time to help you accomplish the other nine things on your to-do list. And that's what multipliers realize is that prioritizing isn't, isn't it's, it's an answer and it's, a, it's an okay answer, but it's not the answer, at least not the answer to creating more time because it, prioritizing is more like borrowing time. It's borrowing time from other activities to focus on this one. And then multipliers have, have evolved to a new, a new place. Got it. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how multipliers operate and uh, how people, some tips and get people that they can sort of apply this to their own work. With my guest today, Rory Vaden. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Okay, we're back talking to my guest today, Rory Vaden, about productivity, about multipliers, about procrastinate on purpose, uh, his, his most recent book. Um, so how do multipliers combat this priority dilution? 
So the key, and you touched on it earlier, Andy, is, is to make a third calculation, which is not importance or urgency, but significance. And the difference is importance is how much does something matter. Urgency is how soon does something matter. But significance is how long does it matter. In other words, how is this going to play out over time? Mm -hmm. And the significance calculation changes everything. Because absent the significance calculation, most of us live only in a world of urgency. Another way of thinking about this is we live in a 24-hour paradigm, and we wake up in the morning and we say, what is the most important thing I have to do today? That is not the question that multipliers ask. Multipliers break outside of the paradigm of only living inside of one day. And instead of saying, what's the most important thing I can do today? Multipliers ask the question, how can I use my time in a way today that creates more time tomorrow? That's the significance calculation. It's, it's breaking free of that 24-hour kind of lens, and, and it changes everything. And so in one sentence, the premise of the whole book um, is you multiply time by giving yourself the emotional permission to spend time on things today that create more time tomorrow. Love it. Love it. So, because um, I'm sitting here thinking about this in the, the context of sales, and because we've got a big sales audience that listens to this show, and uh, gosh, you know, it sort of strikes home for sales is that they're always seeming to be focused on doing the urgent, right? Oh, and, yeah. and rarely make the calculation about doing what is significant. Well, here's, here's, here's the, the monster slap in the face when it comes to sales for how to multiply time. It's referrals. It's referrals and past customers. We never have time to call on past customers because we always have to be calling new customers. You, and, and so we, we, I used to do things, you know, like when I was selling books, um, it, it, we, we were so relentless about our schedule and so intense about speed and efficiency. It was, I mean, we would run between houses uh, we would, you know, we would, we would literally sprint between houses. They taught us to do it, which helped us stay positive. And, and it's, you first have to learn how to be fast before you can learn how to multiply. Um, but, um, what, what happens is then it's like, well, I never call my past clients. I never ask them for referrals. Why? Well, I don't have time. I, I, I can't, I can't call those people. I gotta be calling, I gotta be calling new prospects and you're going, okay. So it takes you 10 times as long to build trust with a new prospect as it does to revisit and talk with an old prospect, but we don't have time to do it because we're in this mode of always just speed. It's all about speed, and we even manage sales organizations based entirely on speed. And it's it's tricky because a lot of salespeople, especially beginning salespeople, they need to live and die on speed. Well, but, the speed the speed is really. I mean, I would almost put a different interpretation. The speed, the speed is really a quantity, right? So it seems like so much in sales today, especially as we see this growth of inside sales, is that it's about making your 50 calls today. If you're a sales development rep and you're inside and you're, you're doing the prospecting, they have proactive op on prospecting, it's about a quantity. So speed is inherent because you've got to hit your quantity. Yeah, and it's a dilemma because, it, you know, the numbers never lie and it's a law of averages and, and – and that is the first level of sales you have to master is that it is about quantity. I mean, here's the thing. If you're not selling, bottom line is you're not talking to enough people, period. I don't care what the scenario is. It's not the market. It's not the economy. It's not your product. It's not your boss. It's not your territory. It's you. You are the problem. You are not talking to enough people. Now, cold calling is not the only way to talk to a lot of people. 
you can get referrals from everybody that you talk to. You can mm-hmm. get referrals from your brother, from your from your wife, from the person at the grocery store, from your past clients, from the person who tells you no, you can get referrals from. And but but you have to give yourself permission to say, okay, let me take a few minutes to cultivate a relationship and explain what I'm doing and serve this person and ask for an introduction. And we're really big on calling them introductions and not referrals. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but you know, when was the last time you called your past client? We work so hard to get clients and then we do such a crappy job of keeping in touch with them. It's it's ludicrous. Yeah, well back to a point you had made though before too about you know, it's all about quantity to some degree, but but I mean you talk very specifically about efficiency, effectiveness, and then efficacy. And it seems like and with the focus being on, yeah, you can <laughs> efficiency and effectiveness isn't enough if you're not achieving the results that you want. So that's really the efficacy part of it. So really, it seems like there needs to be more focus on, on the results that sort of belies the, the focus on quantity. Yes. I mean, ultimately, it is results. You get paid for your results. Um, and you, you, you do have to do that. And, and then, you know, but part of the other dichotomy that's tricky to balance is you got to balance short-term results with long-term results. I mean, the beauty about door-to-door sales, right, is I can go out and knock on a door and make a sale instantly. Um, the flip side is I can send tweets, uh, you know, a hundred times a day for 10 years and build up a huge audience and a bunch of trust. And yeah, those sales will come to me, but that takes much longer. So, you know, there's like this, this continuum that we have to kind of balance our activities across, but referrals is, uh, referrals is the most immediate, fastest path to cash in offline selling. We're doing a lot now with online selling, mm-hmm. email marketing and stuff like that. And, um, but in offline selling, referrals is, is the it's the way to multiply time. Is you got to give yourself permission to to talk to to people that you've already sold to. Um, but you know, I, we're kind of getting into sales. So coming back to productivity, sure. the the idea is you never have time to do the things that multiply your time. Uh, I'll give you a, just a real ubiquitous example um, is. You know, if I asked the average person, I said, hey, do you have an extra two hours in your calendar today to go online and uh, set up all online bill pay for all your bills? People would be like, no, are you crazy? I don't have two hours in my calendar. I don't remember the last time I had two hours just in the middle of a weekday to do nothing, right? Like, it doesn't happen. That is, those days are long gone. But, but a multiplier goes, now, wait a minute. If I give myself permission to spend these two hours setting up online bill pay. And it, uh, sure, I don't have that two hours available today. There's other things I could be doing. But if that saves me 30 minutes every month from paying my bills, then in just four months' time, I will have broken even on that investment. And then every month thereafter, for the rest of my life, I get something called what we, a, a concept that we introduce in the book, ROTI, return on time invested return on time invested. Um, another great example of salespeople is like networking meetings, right? It's, uh, now, inside sales is a, a, a little bit different. Um, and I, I worked after um, Southwestern. I actually went and worked in corporate inside sales, enterprise sales, selling IT solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, so I, I did the, the 100 phone calls a day, and I was good at it because I came from that mentality and that background. Um, but but you know, networking would be a good example of uh, something that it's like, yeah, I don't have time to go to a networking meeting. Well, it's like, 
okay, well, if you're selling anything in a local market, you, 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 you don't have time not to go to build local relationships. And the key is not to s- try to sell to the people in the networking meeting, but to spend time building relationships with those people because they become rich referral sources for you and you want to get referrals from them. That's really kind of more of, of the focus. But all of these... And, examples- and said, yeah, the, this, this becomes a multiplier. This is, this is a really significant thing that has a longer-term benefit and payoff for you. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and it's, it's not, you, you know, I realize that when I'm, what I'm saying here is not like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. What a brilliant idea for most people. You go, oh wow. Yeah. That, but the problem is until I said it, it wasn't in people's consciousness, even multipliers, Andy, they couldn't explain why they were so much successful. They could not explain why they were creating exponential results while most people only create linear results. And it was only after spending all this time and our team, you know, at Southwestern Consulting, do all this research and 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 living this every day in in people's daily lives, one on one with them, is we we realize ah, you know, what they're doing is spending time on things today that give them more time tomorrow. Well, and the key, as you said, is give yourself permission to procrastinate on those things that are urgent but not significant, in order to do the things that are significant and have the bigger, longer term payoff. Yeah, and I guess we haven't really talked about that, so I'm glad you mentioned that. So that's where the title of the book comes from, is procrastinate on purpose with all the urgent things in order to create the time to give yourself permission you know, to have the time to focus on the things that matter in the long term. Right, and you give a great example in, in your book about you know, setting aside time to write the book. <laughs> is, you know, for a lot of people who want to accomplish, let's say, something big in their life that has significance, let's say you know, writing a book. And I, I did this when I wrote my first book is the same thing as I, I knew it was important to me and what I wanted to do in my career. So I, I set, you know, took myself away from what I was doing on a day-to-day basis for a pretty extended period of time to write the book. Oh, yeah. And we um, in Take the Stairs, so that's the first book. Um, Take the Stairs is a book all about how to do the things you know you should do that you don't feel like doing. So Procrastinate on purpose is, you know, we use something called the focus funnel, which if you if you go to procrastinateonpurpose.com, you can watch a free one hour webinar where I kind of explain it and you see the focus funnel. But but pop is all about how to how to decide. It's the framework for figuring out what are the multipliers, what are the things that will multiply your time. Take the stairs is how to get yourself to do things you know you should do that you don't feel like doing. So the book's really that take the stairs. Like pop is really not the sequel to take the stairs. It's really the prequel. So I went all Quentin Tarantino on everybody <laughs> uh, on accident. But um, in in take the stairs, we talk about the harvest principle and and how ultra performers they don't even believe in balance. Like the concept of balance is 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 stupid to them mm-hmm. be- because it implies. Um, equal time spent in equal directions because that's what balance is is equal force in opposite directions right. well multipliers realize that you don't you don't create exponential results in any area of your life by spending equal time on every area of your life um uh and so what they do is they actually do the exact opposite they completely imbalance their life in one direction and focus like like the way a farmer would during harvest season. And they go all out in for a short period of time, a harvest season, to create this explosive result. And then after after you create that explosive result, it's easier to drop down that activity to a maintenance level and turn your focus towards the next thing. Right. Excellent. Well, good. Well, we're going to move to the last segment of our show. I've got standard questions to ask all my guests, but we're going to give you a chance in just a minute to tell people how to find out more about you and your book. So... 
here's one question I posed to all my guests. That's a hypothetical scenario. Uh, in this scenario, you, Rory, have just been hired as a sales leader at a company whose sales have stalled out. So what? And they want to get turned around in a hurry. So what two things would you do your first week on the job that could have the biggest impact? So I'm the sales. I'm the VP of sales. Yeah. Uh, referrals. I mean, that, 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 as, as I, I would, I would, I would immediately start tracking referrals for every single salesperson. How many referrals did you get today? Mm-hmm. And if if they're not getting them, then I'm going to go sit with them and figure out, okay, wh- wh- how are you asking for them? How many people are you asking for them? Wh- what objections are you getting when you ask for them? What are the tools you're using to help facilitate? Uh, you know, using tools like LinkedIn to help facilitate names that you can ask for. Uh, so referrals would be, would be one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, and the second thing I would probably do is I would, I would, I would hire Rory Vaden to come in and do take the stairs, uh, the keynote presentation and talk about the psychology of how to take action when you don't feel like it and overcoming call reluctance. Um, and, and I would, I would, what it is is based on creating what take the stairs is all about is creating a culture of discipline. Mm Mm-hmm. And how discipline isn't as hard as we all think about it, isn't as hard as we all think once we know how to think about it the right way. And so I would be all, all about incorporating that culture. And that's what Southwestern Consulting is. And we're, you know, we've grown, uh, we started with four people and uh, we had 25 three years ago and now we have 115. And we're a sales organization. We sell sales coaching to sales people, but we we manage a sales force, and that's right. those are those are things that we we do and believe in. Okay, so I've got four rapid fire questions for you. You can give me one word answers if you wish, or elaborate a little bit, and then we'll be done. The first one is when you're selling, you Rory. What's your most powerful sales attribute? Mm, I would come back to it's it's hard to be nervous when your heart's on service. I I, I suck at sales, Andy, because I have a naturally negative attitude. Um, I, I always gravitate towards the negative and I, I have to stay focused on service. Um, so that's, that's for sure the thing for me. Who's your sales role model? Who's my sales role model? What a brilliant question. I've never really been asked that. Honestly, my wife, uh, who is one of the other, uh, founding partners at Southwestern Consulting, she's our top producer. Uh, she's amazing on top of like running the house and Mm -hmm. helping run the business. I mean, she makes sales calls everywhere she goes. Everybody loves her. She asks for referrals. She follows up and her whole philosophy is about exceeding expectations. Got it. Excellent. So that's, that's a first time we've had that. So, um, name one book other than your own that every salesperson should read. Oh man, I could I could list a Just bunch one. a bunch of these. Well, the one you 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 cannot you cannot survive in sales. You cannot be successful in sales without reading The Greatest Salesman in the World by Ogmandino. Okay. It's the oldest and that's that's a must. Okay. Great. Great recommendation. So, last question for you. This is maybe the toughest question. What's on your playlist right now, music-wise? Uh, that one's pretty easy, actually. So uh, Christian music for me. So Need to Breathe is one of my favorite brands. Matt Carney, uh, Third Third Day is always on my playlist. Casting Crowns, Matthew West, uh, Newsboys. Uh, okay. uh, that's a, That's an easy one. All right. Great. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, that was easy. So I want to thank you for being on my show today. My guest has been Rory Vaden. Rory, how can people find out more about you? 
Yeah, I would head over to procrastinateonpurpose.com. Check out the free one-hour webinar, uh, and then you'll get links to that for uh, to, to uh, you know stay plugged into my blog, and I do a weekly podcast. And so if you if you go to uh, procrastinateonpurpose.com, that'll and, and and watch that first webinar, that'll plug you in. Great. Well, thank you again. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. An easy way to do that is to make this podcast a part of your daily routine, whether you listen on your commute, in the gym, or make it part of your morning sales meeting, because then you won't miss any of my conversations with top business experts, like my guest today, Rory Vaden, who shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.